0: well 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 test one two how we doing y'all what's up yep. guys gm GM m g omg 3ac <laughs> lol <laughs> you know i, I uh, i've been off twitter for like uh i, I believe the app on my phone uh, to prevent you from doom scrolling which is a term i heard from ryan Watkins. i was like oh yeah that's that's what i do on twitter these days and uh, but I, I, I redoubled it to, to join to join us today here on this live stream, and I was like, "Oh gosh, this is this is why I tuned out for a little while."
1: Yeah, man. So, uh, what were your thoughts on the CrossChain Expo? We, we had a great time there.
0: Let's, let's get into that. Oh man, it was it was super fun. Um, so yeah, for everyone listening, last week consensus. Uh, if you guys are familiar, consensus is like the. Second largest crypto conference in the U.S. They usually host it in New York every year, and this year for the first time they brought it to Austin, Texas, which is our backyard. And uh, once they announced that, we were you know, we knew we wanted to do something special and, and bring the Thorchain community together and bring the bring Thorchain to Austin, bring the Austin community to Thorchain. Um, and so uh, together with a bunch of uh, all the Thorchain ecosystem projects, um, we hosted a, a big Thorchain conference on Wednesday last week and and um, been planning it for we planned it for about. Two months, and it was our first time doing an event like this, and and are uh, some great partners, um, great sponsors throughout the ecosystem. So Thorchain, Thorswap, Thorwalletdex, uh, Thorguards, uh, Rango Exchange, Maya Protocol, and um, and it went beautifully. Like the production was awesome, the talks were all amazing, the turnout was great, um, and uh, that was Wednesday last week. And then on Saturday, we um, we were I was able to land a ninety minute Thorchain ecosystem deep dive for for. Um, for ThorChain uh, on, on the foundation stage of ConsenSys, and we did that, and I had a, joined by Familiar Cow, and, and uh, Chad B, and Gavin from Nine Realms, and a bunch of ecosystem projects there as well, so um, yeah, the week was a success, it was super fun, and great to see everybody in person, a lot of people were meeting in person for the first time, there are people from all over the world, from, um, from Asia, Europe, US, coming together, and so, yeah, we had a blast, how, how, to, how did you guys enjoy it, you get a
1: yeah, the uh, the panels on Wednesday were a really good time. That was like at, at our own little venue. It was just it was literally just uh, Chads pretty much. So yeah, that, that was pretty cool. I, like I had a good panel with uh, with, with Chad Barford and Gavin and uh, Matt from Nine Realms, and yeah, we were just talking about yeah uh, you know, basically the stuff that we talk about on here every week, just in, in person, and you know, just, you know just getting their perspective. I, I love it. To talk about uh the future of, of Thorchain because you has got such a, a laser focus on where it's going so it's always great to hear some visionaries like uh, like Chad and Gavin speak on Thorchain
0: absolutely and uh yeah you were, you were great it was great to have you up there thanks for thanks for moderating and for helping with all the content and then uh our, our, our dad, familiar Cal, also uh, presented on Saturday at the main conference. It's about um, integrations, right? Like uh, nuances and, and uh, education on account, how developers can integrate with ForgeChain.
1: Yeah, we had a good panel there. Did you know what videos for uh, for stuff on Wednesday and then also for Saturday stuff? Do you know like
0: uh, when that this videos go live so we can share this with everybody? Yeah, yeah. So we um we. I think released the teaser yesterday, not the teaser, the trailer, or the, um, the recap video. And that was just kind of this edited, like two and a half, three minute um, highlight recap from the event. And then we're going to have full talks from our event, the Wednesday uh, 14 Expo, released in the next week. Um, and then I'm not sure Consensus owns the content for the Saturday panels that we did. And so I don't know what their plans are for release. lease. Um, we tried to get some clarity on that day of, but we're waiting to get back still. So, um, but yeah, I'm excited for that too, because it was all really good stuff and, and great for the ecosystem. So um, Chad, Chad B, how was, uh, how was your experience on the week? It, been, it, was, it was awesome. I just want to see the expo the, uh, the come together. Thank
2: you so much for putting it all together. It was uh, great to meet people in the community. Um, kind of shake some hands and, and kind of meet IRL. Um listened to a couple of really great talks from the community as well. And I had a great on be on stage with, with um familiar cow uh hosting and all that kind of stuff. And me and Gavin, that's the first time me and Gavin kind of like shared a stage or did a like a like an interview or whatever together, which was kind of fun for us to like kind of riff off each other a bit, which was you know, for me was cool. <laughs>
3: Great. Yeah. Props to you, Saigon, for putting all that together. I mean, from afar, it looked incredible. I'm, I'm really looking forward to all those, uh, all the recordings and uh, pretending I, like, like I was there. But seeing all the pictures in the trailer, it looked like such a success. So great job.
0: Yeah. Thanks. And I uh, can't, can't uh, say enough thanks to the ecosystem projects that we kind of split the bill and uh, pitched in. Uh, and uh, and we were able to have like a really healthy budget for production, for the venue. Um for some small kind of satellite events like a small party that we've hosted and um, like a you know lunch and a private lunch and a private dinner to build community amongst the ecosystem projects and sponsors. Uh, everybody showed up um, with just uh, you know help help support the event not just financially but just then just uh yeah, spending time together and, and connecting in person when we've all worked together. Some of us have worked together for months even even over a year um, and hadn't met in person yet. You know, and, and so it was a great kind of way to galvanize community amongst amongst all the projects, which is great. Um, so we're, I think, uh, the general consensus is it was, it was a hit and we're going to try and go bigger and better next year.
1: Yeah. It'd be great to see something, especially like with a, with a hackathon on that or something like that. Something to really bring, you know, more devs into Thor chain and just like really up that community involvement. Like, Oh, it, it's definitely great first time, but, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to see what's going to happen in the future.
0: I think so. Let's, uh, let's, let's uh, close it out with, I'd love to hear from you guys, like one highlight from the week and then one way that the, Made even better for the next for, for next year.
1: See, uh, if you're talking to me, then the uh, yeah. highlight for me is just uh, just meeting everybody and having a good time with the community and being able to share the, the vision of, of Thorchain with other people and you know show how powerful it is. And uh, something to be improved. Like, see, I think I think having it on Wednesday was uh, is before the conference, especially is difficult because like you know people aren't there on a Wednesday like you know arriving or don't know about it. So I think you know. Better, better timing on that is is key. I think maybe doing it during your day would work. Like, is there so many people there that are just at the conference, but not actually at the conference? So
0: you just be like, hey, just come come over here and do, do our thing. But- cool. Yeah, noted. And yeah, it's kind of tricky, you know, timing it uh, when there's so much going on. Um, and then we had a bunch of other stuff planned, too. So kind of fitting it in was like a kind of like Tetris. Um and I can, t- I can tell you selfishly from the organizer side, it was nice to have like the big nut before the rest of the events. And like all the build up. most of the responsibilities were like kind of like led up to Wednesday. And then after Wednesday, it, it made it so much easier to coordinate the rest of the week, just having like, <laughs> just having that. Other way. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I think, you know, attendance might be better if we hosted it on Thursday or Friday, like earlier, earlier uh, during the same conference. Um, but cool. Noted. And, and uh, Chad, how about you? What was your highlight from the week? And then, um, how we might we make it even better for next year yeah it's not like for me i guess, just felt like cow, like just meeting people like there were a bunch of people that
2: i've talked to like a, a whole bunch of times um in the community as well as like uh my uh, like other projects is and i just never really got to meet those people in person or have a really good conversation, you know kind of face to face and so it was really great to meet more people and kind of put a face to the name, and it kind makes it all like feel more real in some sense. So, that was really like, you know, quite something interesting, special for myself. Uh, in terms of improvement, I don't know. I mean, you did a great job the first time. Um, I guess like next year we can work on just like getting uh, more diverse speakers and just getting uh, more than just like the way that some great speakers from like the different wallet UIs, which is awesome. Uh, but it'd be great to get something like something else, like um, I don't know what that would be, but like uh, other DEXs or who knows. Mm-hmm. Or maybe Institution, additional institutional investors who were like who were like getting into it and why they got into space. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out when we get there. But there's some opportunity there. I feel like.
0: Yeah, agreed. That was one of the things I thought of. So, I'll um, share my, my my highlight and then I'll echo what you're saying for my area improvement. Um, for me, there was a there was a highlight and um, I, I, I kind of if hopefully people on this call might have seen like photos or the recap video and you can kind of get a sense for what the stage production looked like. Seeing that in in person, but like we, we kind of like. I told the production team directionally what what we were hoping for, like black stage, black backdrop and curtains, silver beaming, and like green accent lights, and um, or green accent bars. But actually seeing that like being built, and it, it was it was actually honestly like, a little bigger and more epic than I even had in mind when I when I saw it for the first time. I was like, holy shit, like wow! And uh, and then the first time I saw it was with uh, uh, with a bunch of the, the ecosystem partners, and who had a private dinner the night before the event, and then we went to the venue. Uh, because the production team was there building, building out. And so we did like a private tour of the venue before before the, the main event that was going to happen the next day. And just um, yeah, just like kind of seeing that come together uh, at the same time as all the ecosystem partners and sponsors um, and all the excitement and energy from it, you know, like about to culminate in the event that was to happen the next day. I thought that was a really special moment. I really enjoyed that. So, um, and then um, the whole week was great. So it's hard to pick one, but that was one that sticks out in memory. And then... Um, and then for areas of improvement, there are two things that I thought of for the expo were um, to Chad's point. I think if I'm being honest, like uh, i didn't most of my, most of my like anxiety in my head was on my like, production of the event, right? So like the stage, all the things that happened that need to happen in person at the venue um, and some of the design elements, the posters, making sure that all the sponsors were, were represented well, and we're going to be happy with how they are represented. So there's a lot of thought and care that we're gonna do that. Um, the two aspects of the expo that I think, we could we could uh, we could we could level up on it. One one was speakers. We have a we had a great draw for the sponsors, obviously, but then I think there was to Chad's point, room to bring in um, other other speakers like like investors that are getting into it or other other protocols or DeFi protocols. Um, some being that are complementary or being built on top of or team in the future. But um, but flushing out a roster, I think, would be great. And the second one is marketing. Aside from. Getting listed on uh, the consensus um, official website, getting on some of the uh, crowdsourced calendars that people are creating, and then doing, um, and then and then doing like some light social media stuff. Like we have gone a little bit harder on, on marketing and, and gotten even more, even more people involved, more buttons and seats, and more people excited about blockchain. So um, yeah, it was kind of the, the my, my my reflection, but. That said, uh, thank you guys so much for, for your participation and involvement in, and um, for the opportunity. Uh, it, was, it was such an honor, such a pleasure and I'm looking forward to going to be event. better. Maybe, maybe uh, later this year, but definitely next year for sure too. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll find some fun fun events to get together around and we can imagine. Sweet. Thanks for having on man. Great job. Awesome. awesome. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm going to hop off now and you guys do it. But uh, yeah, we'll talk again soon y'all. Just want to make a, a quick shout out to Sonny in the
2: audience who is a, uh, Sonny is uh, one of the founders of, um, Osmosis, which is a great uh, cross-chain dex in the Cosmos ecosystem. So, I see it in the audience. Want to wave hello?
1: I was just about to say about this Atom integration that's incoming in the next
2: week or two. Hmm. Yeah, so that's the next chain that we're looking at. Is is uh, is Guy or, or for the Atom token? Um, we chose that one because they were they basically are the, the biggest or most economically significant chain. Now that is Kind of dead and gone. At least Terra One, at least um, kind of dead and gone. Uh, we went towards the atom space. Uh It's been running on on SageNet for. I think a week or two weeks or whatever it's been. Um, the team decided to, to not do an audit on that chain code just because it's just a fork of the Terra chain client, which has already been audited. So there's no need to audit twice. In addition to an external audit, has already been an audited internally as well by both the devs and the ThorSec team. So it just seems like that's been enough. So we're looking to add, uh, go live with Adam probably in the next week, I think, maybe two weeks, depending on some things. Uh, and then you'll be able to grade an Adam pool on the network and be able to swap in and out of Cosmos in a Last way. Um, and then hopefully we we'll can go further down the road of Cosmos. And I think Cosmosis is actually one of the ones that I'm interested in personally just because I think they're one of the most, one of the more interesting projects in the space um, in the Cosmos realm of things. Um, and then integrating then uh, Cosmosis itself to be a depth aggregator would be like really big because it would allow um, people on the, um, in the Cosmos ecosystem to swap in a single transaction from, you know, Atom, Osmo, you know, uh, Chuno or whatever, into any asset on any chain in a single transaction. Uh, that includes Layer One's um, long tail assets on the chains, all of that stuff. So that's pretty powerful stuff. And so I have my eyes set on Osmosis uh, to, to do that at some point in the uh, in the future.
3: If we can if we can collaborate such. So would that look like an Osmo pool as well, or just through Dex aggregation uh, through the main Cosmos integration?
2: Um, both are possible. Um, which way we actually go would make more sense to me to go. Uh, see, it's more functionally faster to go through Osmo, uh, and there's just less kind of transactions happening. But at the same time, um, the Osmo token is its market cap is is much less than Atom, and so the pool probably wouldn't be as deep as the Atom pool. So it becomes like a kind of a thing we'd that work out downstream. But either one could work. I think you'd have to use maybe even use interchain accounts, which is a new thing from the Cosmos space to like take Juno, swap it to, um, you know, I guess to Atom and then have the Atom be sent into ThorChain, ThorChain swap it to Ethereum, and then then Ethereum goes to 1inch or something like this, um, and it gets swapped to some sort of long-tail asset. All that kind of happens in a single kind of workflow. So I guess you could probably just do it from... Just the Atom, I guess. Now that I think about it more, probably could just do with Atom without integrating the Osmo chain directly. Yeah,
1: you could do a double swap on Osmosis or something like that. You can go through the Atom pool and then then from, yeah. you know, swap to Osmo and then uh, you know swap if, if there's another target.
2: Yeah, it's probably able to do either way. And I, I, to be honest, I don't know enough to determine which one's more efficient, but they, I think it would work either way. We could probably do it just with the Atom chain integrated or we could probably also do it if we integrated the Osmo chain directly as well, uh, which, which would save an extra swap, I suppose. Uh, yeah, it would save... Because we could swap to Osmo in one transaction, I, I, think. I think. But I think Osmo is different though. If I'm not mistaken, they don't have a, a, a necessarily a base pair. Like it's not Osmo and, and Asset in all cases. Most of the time, that's true, I think, but not in all. Sony obviously would you know, stop the side, of course. But my understanding correctly, which I could be uh, incorrect, is that uh, the Osmo is not... In all pools, but it is in most pools, I think. But I'm not that familiar with it. Uh, but anyways, you swap to Osmo, Osmo gets some Thor chain, which and swaps it in two swaps to Ether, and then Ether gets sent to you know Uni, and then Uni swaps it to some long tail asset or to Bitcoin or to Litecoin or Doge or or Avalanche. I don't know, like whatever, like you know, the, the kind of the whole thing opens up at that point. And I think that, that I I think that, that I think that both Sonny and I probably agree with each other of like that one of the goals of what we're trying to accomplish in the space being a, a cross-chain dex, is to kind of create this feeling sense that even though these chains are all isolated from each other, they're independent entities that don't really have a direct relationship with any other chain for the most part. We want to create this kind of world where, um, you know, in a single kind of chain, or it just makes it feel like it's all one ecosystem. Even though it's separate ecosystems in reality, and so I think we, both Sonia and I are, and, and the, the Thorchain team are like are pushing for this concept of to make this whole system um, feel uh, feel like one system instead of separated countries.
1: We'll get there one step at a time. It takes a while to get these integrations up. Right now, Adam is on StageNet, so I guess it could be expected within hopefully a week or two. Just once uh, you know, once more testing has been done. But you can swap. Uh, with Atom right now on on stage yet? If anyone wants to test, so uh, the yep. integration is very very close, right around the corner, and then hopefully we can get some great uh, aggregation partners in there to really drive volume through the Atom pool to drive yield into people who want to pool their Atom into the Thorchain pool with Rune, and then also just provide that as a service to people who want to you know swap in and out of the, the Cosmos ecosystem. It's gonna be great.
2: Yeah, and next up after Cosmos uh, after uh, Adam is uh, Avax. Which is like I think our first low gas fee EVM chain that we're looking to integrate with. That's been in works for a while. Uh, it's kind of ongoing. We are in, in kind of talking to at least one uh, dex on in that ecosystem that wants to get integrated into Thorchain directly. And so within there, you can swap in and out of Bitcoin and you know other other assets and other chains, and like that just makes their UI look. Like a lot more powerful because you can just, in a single transaction get access to any asset that you want, more or less. Um, which we're hoping to do that with pretty much you know any kind of smart chains we connect it with. It's just kind of integrate with a bunch of uh, dexes and dex aggregators to kind of connect every dex to every dex, so that every dex has a- access to every asset on every ecosystem in a single transaction without having to you know own seven different wallets and you know go through like these that are rug pulled underneath you and all the kind of mayhem we've seen before. Yeah,
1: so Avax is currently not on StageNet. That will probably that will probably be on StageNet within the same time frame that
3: Osmo will be launched on ChaosNet, most likely. Yeah, sure. you said the, you uh, said Osmo. I think you mean Adam. But yeah. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> Avax, Avax. Oh
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, so uh, a- Avax <laughs> will is take a little bit longer because that needs its own external audit as well because that's a completely new uh, chain connection. So that'll take a little bit longer. But you know, we're hoping to uh, you know have a big launch for that with a with a great launch partner and. Uh, great aggregator already lined up off the gate
3: yeah i think that aggregator is where this stuff like gets really exciting and just like fulfills the vision of anything to anything and like of course we get in the weeds on, on these spaces and stuff like that people that are tuning in but for the for the average user you know this is really about like abstracting all those things away and just going to going to a dex like you know pick your favorite one uh hopefully and you know have access to native bitcoin have access to whatever uh, Cosmos ecosystem, IBC asset, whatever, I, AVAX ecosystem, whatever, ERC twenty, you know, and just be able to swap anything to anything in your own wallet, non-custodial. So that's the vision that gets me really, really pumped up, and it's uh, great to great to hear all the progress. I mean, it feels like in the next, you know, c- coming couple of months, like we're really going to start to see that vision uh, really play out beyond just some some core L one assets. So really
2: exciting. Yeah. yeah, and that and that will hopefully make things be this kind of. Corridor in the in the greater ecosystem, like the people are moving between chains. They actually, um, Saigon here, so but he has a really good analogy for it um, that he said in his talk on the Cross Expo. Is that like if you look at Uniswap or like sushi or one of those things, um, you're moving around within a particular ecosystem between a particular chain, which is kind of like having a driver's license to get like individual like between states within a country, right? Like to get from Florida to Georgia. But if you go across the chain, you need a passport. So, like Thorchain, in effect, is that you know kind of passport system, right? Which is really a really kind of interesting way of phrasing it to help understand the concept. Of it. And so, you'll be able to get a pa- you know, driver's license and then you know drive to the airport, get your passport to go to another country, and then once you're there, you can go to any other state, country, right? Like it's almost like uh, uh, Thorchain is the air- airplane, and you know uh, dexes local to a particular ecosystem are the like the Ubers that you call to get to the airport, and you call from there to. Whatever your final destination is, it's kind of an interesting way, kind of phrase analogy to, to phrase it in. And by doing so, like Thorchain becomes this really super important and critical infrastructure for the greater, uh, for like the entire ecosystem, not just for Thorchain's own ecosystem, but like for the Ethereum ecosystem, and for the Bitcoin ecosystem, for the Doge and the you know Atom and whatever else. Like it becomes this critical, you know, fundamental infrastructure that. Like, like you can't imagine a world without it, you know, fast forward.
1: And it's still the only infrastructure that allows cross-chain swaps with Bitcoin and other UTXO chains, things that are not just EVM. It seems like everyone nowadays is trying to, uh, the EVM multi-chain route and saying that, like, oh my god, this is the this is the best thing ever. We we can swap between any single EVM chain. We're we're multi-chain. Like this is this is the end <laughs> of, of multi-chain. We solved it. But uh yeah, it, seems, it seems a lot of people have forgotten about uh, the UTXOs, which are you know obviously Bitcoin the behemoth
2: in the room that everyone just somehow seems to forget about. But you know, Satoshi yeah. designed from the start. If if you sum up like all the EVM chains together in their like market cap, it's like it's like I don't know maybe thirty percent or 35 percent of liquidity of crypto. Like Bitcoin itself is center sixty percent of the hell. The, 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 let's dumbness is, like like just to to ignore the most important asset, the most liquid asset, the most in demand asset, the, the, the most like safest asset or like. Off risk off asset in the space is you know it's just sort of short short-sighted. and and to call wrap Bitcoin the same as Bitcoin is
3: obviously being uh, misleading at best. Yeah, Chad, I like what you've you've said a few times on previous spaces. Is like in these discussions you've had, you've you've asked like, oh, like well, why not like like why why aren't you integrating n- native Bitcoin? And like the answer is just like, oh well, that's that's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. It, it's,
2: like, honestly, if if Thorchain like the team behind Thorchain wanted to build an EVM EVM bridge, like we could have accomplished that. Year like three years ago, like that wasn't really. Um, it's relatively speaking, it's very, it's a lot, not that it's easy, but it's a lot simpler than what we're trying to accomplish here by, by, by a significant margin. We could have launched that years and years ago, but we didn't do that because we, we stayed focused on like a holistic solution to this cross chain problem and we didn't want to ignore the most important asset of all, which is obviously Bitcoin. And so, like, we want to be chaining off, so we want to put as little requirement as possible on a chain to integrate with Thorchain. And like, right now, that, that requirement is like. Oh, you know, can you have a memo in your transfer field, which is extremely common. And, oh, can we generate private keys? Well, okay, like these kind of simple and basic things, not so much like, oh, what version of Solidity are you running? <laughs> or something like this. This makes so many assumptions. And just, no, we, we try to keep it as small as possible. Even like, even the fact that we can integrate with Monero or, 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 or like an, a crypto chain, like Monero, that by itself is just like shocking just because it's such a difficult chain in so many ways and it's so complex and um, challenging. And, and the fact that we're capable of doing that is like, that is huge to me. Like to me, Monero is the most most private focused chain out there. And it's like, it doesn't privacy play the most effectively. And to be able to move in and out of that in a decentralized way without being KYC is like, if you're trying to accomplish the goal of to be a decentralized private coin, you can't do that by asking like, you know, Uncle Brian Armstrong over at Coinbase to get in and out of it. That this fundamentally kind of breaks the whole model to some degree. And the same thing in coin, like even if you're not looking for privacy, you're just looking for decentralization, um being able to move in and out of it to, in a way that doesn't require KYC or, or ask permission is like critically important to achieve the goal that Bitcoin's trying to achieve for itself, right? Like, I, I can't argue, I can argue all day with some Bitcoin maxi why it needs the chain because be the world's most decentralized coin, but then require centralized entities to get in and out of it. That just Fundamentally just breaks the whole point of it, not the whole point of it, but like a significant part of it of like, hey, it's decentralized, but I have to ask Brian, I'm trying to get in out of it. Like that's just so uh, that that logic is just, you know, wraps upon itself like a pretzel.
1: Or deposit your funds into like Twitter and hope that uh, your, your funds aren't just irreversibly lost forever. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well yeah trade, trade ogre is kind of a funny one because it's just like this thing no kyc but probably needs to be kyc probably will go to jail at some point <laughs> like that just like i wouldn't i wouldn't put my funds in trade ogre for to be for any length of time and be very careful especially with large amounts of funds but i mean i, I, try, I don't put much funds into any any you know thing like i i even i had a little bit of funds in like block five until recently i just like you know what i'm just gonna pull it out and just because you never know what's going to happen in the c5 the c5 like it doesn't really serve all a lot of purpose or value just by holding in Coinbase or BlockFi or any of these services. It's like you aren't really getting much of a yield or, or anything, and so just it just adds risk without reward. So just logically speaking, just like just get out of those things, pull out. Unless you're actively trading or you're doing a loan with BlockFi or something of this nature. But like if you're not, then just get your money out. You don't want Three AC or Celsius shit to be a way for you to lose money.
1: So uh, in other news, in in Thorchain, it seems that. Terra is finally ragnarok and, and gone, so it looks like those pools are uh, completely destroyed now. All the LPs have uh, like we're automatically refunded the yep. remainder of their positions. So it seems that the the Terra debacle is finally behind us.
2: Yeah, I think for I think until until people want to you know maybe people want to add Terra to the network, I don't know if that's going to be a thing or not a thing. But uh, for now, I think we're we're done with Terra as a community until people
3: feel differently about Terra too. Yeah, it's kind of nice to finally put like <laughs> some closure to it after after such a crazy uh month, but it looks like uh, I mean I wasn't super on top of like any of the technical side or anything, but it seems like everything went super smooth with like the new because that was like needed to be coded from scratch basically, right? Like there wasn't yeah. Like that that wasn't a thing that Thorchain could just have done prior, right? To just like Ragnarok a pool like that. So it seems like everything went across pretty well from at least from from my standpoint.
2: I mean we had the code in there before, uh, but it was never really tested and it was never really like like it was like ninety five percent done. But we never we had it set up for like Ragnaroking an entire chain before, like in single chain case, just because we wanted to Ragnarok single chain case but then, like, we didn't think that we were going to have to rag and rock any pools or chains in in multi chain. Like, we just didn't see that as a re- realistic outcome in the next couple of years. Which obviously that was wrong because like, Terra, you know, obviously collapsed. But like, do we just figure out well, we're adding like the, the the main chains, like you know, Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash and Ethereum? Like those things aren't dying, and they're going to remain economically, you know, significant for probably forever for the most
3: part. Yeah, definitely an unexpected thing because uh, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that's kind of th- the only time it really needs to be used in the next, who knows, five years or something like that. But... I mean, it, it
2: all depends. Like, I think the problem that we're going to have as a community is help as like defining which change we want to add into the future. And so like part of it, like if you're speaking objectively, the chain probably like for change not add any chains that are like younger than two years old or have, haven't gone through like at least a bull and a bear cycle just to prove their. They're not like you know a flavor of the of the cycle in a sense like a flavor of the week a flavor of the cycle, and so like you know but that the, but the counter but like next bull cycle can be some new game that's about like the terror equivalent or the salon equivalent or like whatever it is that just kind of goes from you know ten cents to like hundred dollars or something crazy in a relatively short period of time, and then everybody's gonna be like oh you have to add this thing it's gonna be it's here forever it's gonna be the biggest thing ever like everybody's very bullish on it all the all that kind of stuff. But then, you know, something happens like same thing with like own and like other, other projects that start off with a huge kind of explosion and you get like these diehard people behind it. And people are saying it's going to be the future, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, that's not just, you know, that's why you have to wait, like at least one bear and bull cycle to kind of really let the market decide in the long-term, long-term, like of the
3: long-term viability. Of yeah. Even then, like, I, I still feel like the Terra is kind of unique because like, something like Ohm is like still, you know, like, yeah, the price went down, but it didn't like literally, uh, you know, it implode to actual zero and like some kind of catastrophe. Whereas like the Terra, like, so mo- most chains would probably like, yeah, maybe they kind of lose their hype, um, but they probably wouldn't need to be like Extra. uh, in this kind of, kind of like, Apocalyptic scenario that we just went through—probably uh, a rare situation. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. That's that's to be fair. That's that's. I mean, Terra is obviously the, the most extreme example, right? But yeah, it's just something for the for the community and the node operators to like really kind of think about when they're deciding they what change to add and like. And of course, it's okay to make mistakes too. By the way, like if you had a chain and it doesn't work out, then that's fine too. Like it didn't hurt us as a project very much at all, and so it just you know, I, centralized, centralized exchanges do the same thing where they add new some new token or some new thing and then to zero like eventually and but that's okay we don't we're not trying to pick like winners and losers per se you know we're starting trying to like spend months trying to add, add a new chain only
3: to have it collapse two months later whatever it is yeah it's back to the chain agnostic you know what's economically significant what does the community want what's going to add the most value be the most important um i know one of the new adr processes is around this stuff too uh maybe pluto will be around i don't know next week or the week after to because we had those audio issues last time, but maybe he can go over that stuff um, and, and how like the chain adding and removing processes are going to be kind of dialed in. Yeah.
2: Having a more formalized process for like making changes, um, kind of like what BIP is for Bitcoin or EP is for Ethereum. I think it's something we've been talking about in the project for like even before it launched. Like we always kind of talk about it. at the time we called it the improvement pr- protocol, but... It makes sense to have that as you go further down the maturity line. And unfortunately, becomes more big and you know, and gets kind of. It's eventually gonna. It's gonna move slower in terms of its ability to like make changes and improvements. And you can only be done get bigger and heavier and more mature. But you want to have that to some degree, right? You want to have that kind of like more stringent. You don't want to be like running by the seat of your pants, you know, on a ten or fifty billion dollar project. You want to be slow and deliberate. Uh, which is frustrating for me because I'm like I'm like, I'm, the, I'm a you know run fast and you know like ship code kind of kind of guy. And so like um, my skill set's more valuable in the beginning of a project than it is kind of at that stage where it's just trying to solidify and have a formal process and that kind of stuff. But uh, but it's what the project needs to be fair.
1: Yeah, hopefully this new ADR process can just make things more transparent for everybody. So everyone basically there's some kind of discussion forum to discuss the the, the pros and cons of any kind of. Uh, new change the architecture of Thorchain. That's what the ADR is meant for. So that includes like chain additions or uh, like you know new features.
2: So Thorfi is coming up. Yeah, we got, we're going to do a vote on that at some point. <laughs> um, maybe in a month or two or whatever the hell the number is going. Like...
1: Yeah, like an ADR for uh, Thorfi is like exactly what the the process is for to lay everything out there and then uh, to have to be the to no- know decide whether that's. Something that they're interested in, like whether that's code that they're interested in running or code that's not that they're not interested in running. Whether they think that'll be detrimental to the network or you know positive to the network or have drawbacks, then everyone can actually vote on whether that thing would be uh, implemented or not. So yeah, hopefully the the new process will work out. It's still, it's still being you know we're still experimenting with it and trying to get it to where it needs to be. But uh, you know, er- early stages for uh, I guess the the mainnet launch, which is soon yes i hope
2: yeah i'm s- still waiting for our, our partner to be to get get their ducks in a row they tell me that it's you know it's soon you know i have no control over that i'm just kind of waiting for them to
3: give me the thumbs up or whatever which i'm hoping to be in a week but you know it's what it is and i'm just waiting for them hmm, very interesting because we we have seen the the Binance upgrade take us, uh, which was long awaited
2: yeah i think that's uh that's upgrading their their bet to to native rune correct that's what they're like. yeah they have like 30 million rune but they're not actually listing native rune yet on their exchange
3: Oh, right. uh- or, or did they already do it or did i miss that that, that part of the f- i i thought they did it i mean i, I don't use it um but I, i'm pretty sure it was i thought it was done yeah oh i could be wrong
2: Maybe it happened and I didn't even, wasn't even aware of it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I could be, I could be wrong. I, I don't, I don't
2: use it uh, so, so anymore, but. Someone look it up. Um, now I'm curious. I have to go look it up. Uh,
3: how do I use a How do I use a computer? <laughs> oh, First turn on your VPN. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm fairly sure it's, they're on, they're on native. Now if anyone has confirmation, you can just request to come up, but. Yeah. I'm I, I think positive. it is. If not, then it, it will be integrated very soon. Like uh, we saw the other day that they were actually upgrading them with the, the upgrade alerts for huge amounts of, of runes, and so it looks like their supply is uh, partially, if not fully, upgraded already. Although I'm not yeah. sure you know, they are allowing withdrawals and deposits right now.
2: That's, a, I guess, that's another question.
3: Yeah, I'm just googling if I out. I'll try to pull it up too as, as we keep
2: going here. Uh, See, so this here's on. so Binance has completed the swap of Beptooth uh, Thorchain. Do-do-do. Binance completed the mainnet swap of Beptooth Thorchain rune. The conversion to mainnet rune. Token was conducted at ratio one to one. Deposits and withdrawals for maintenance room are now open. Please note the withdrawals for the two rune tokens will no longer be available. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, do not deposit that to rune. Please find your assigned rune. deposit. yeah, I guess it is. Yep, you now deposit native rune. Yep, so I guess I guess that's, that's it. Oh, I thought yeah, there's there. the, there. the, co- the conversion
3: of the the conversion of the coin, but not the swapping it. Well, LFG, I think I believe KuCoin announced they would be. I don't think that one's taking place from. Is that right? Does, do you guys know?
1: I, I'm not actually 100% sure about that. I posted that it was, but I think that it might not be. I think it was just that ah. USDC or T new, new pairing. I don't I don't know if they've actually announced anything yet for KuCoin.
2: <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I don't actually have a Binance... Uh, dot com account because I'm an American, so I don't allow I me in that, so I can't actually like look for the you know thing, but but yeah, it looks like it's it's, uh, it's live. So I guess we're basically, you know, probably made it in, the, in you know, this week or next week. Well, it's just yeah, huh, amazing.
1: Yeah, should be next week. here Asian's gonna come up here for a second. Yeah. Hey, what's
4: up, Asian? Some of that like sex stuff. Um, I was talking to the guys from Hobi and KuCoin, and they were also at Crosschain and they were looking to uh list native rune, so just a little bit of
2: alpha there. Yeah, man, that's great. The more the more listing, I guess, the better in some ways. The only risk, though, for this is that um, we always want to maintain that that runes like swap volume is predominantly on on our own exchange. So having having a bunch of different um, sectors are, are are a good thing, but we don't want a place where this is all in the economic white paper. If you guys read it, uh, that was written like a couple of years ago. But we want to make sure that rune maintains a trade volume. Of have like the most of the,
3: the kind of weight behind the trade volume is our own ne- in our own chain, our own, own network, which I think is naturally going to happen. So I'm not too worried about it. Yeah. I think it'd be natural, but how, uh, like, are there, do you have thoughts on like how you would influence that? Like, are there things that can kind of steer it in that direction if, if needed or. Um, not a lot of do it in, ter- in terms of like steering it or we could like, we can
2: message, you know, we can tell some, 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 some or ask them, request them to like, to, to delist the token, I guess, in, in the more extreme scenarios. But, but I, th- I think the the benefit of having something like this is that uh, it'll cause arbitrage to be able to, to arbitrage more efficiently, right, from, like, Bitcoin to Rune to other assets. And I think because of that, the trade volume will inherit, or most likely be uh, uh, in ThorChain because if you're going to, if you see, like, a Bitcoin, if you trade Bitcoin to Ethereum as an, ar- as an ar- opportunity because the Bitcoin price is is you know high relative to where it should be and the and the Ethereum price is lower where it should be, you an arbitrage opportunity there. And when you trade a hundred dollars of you know Bitcoin to get a hundred dollars of of Ethereum, you're actually trading rune twice. You're actually you're actually increasing the trade volume of rune by two X by two hundred dollars in this hypothetical. And so I think the it's the the DEX to arbit it's just gonna create a lot of the 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 volume to be most of the volume to be on the network itself. But I could be wrong. We'll see.
1: Another benefit of having, uh, you know, native runon centralized exchanges is just arbitrage. It makes it just will naturally t- trend towards higher volume as there's more, you know, price correctors. Basically, there's there's more markets to uh, as there's more markets to buy and sell RUN, even though they might not be as liquid as, uh, you know, Thorchain's pools itself. That's another uh, avenue to correct pool prices on Thorchain. So, going along with. Uh, with mainnet switch, the the other big thing that's happening at mainnet besides you know just the actual uh, you know the, the, the flare around the upgrade itself, I guess, is uh, kill switch from uh, basically the, the the kill switch of ERC twenty and BEP two rune. So if anyone here does hold rune and it's not in a in a Thor one address, uh, you should definitely make sure you upgrade before the kill switch. Uh, gets turned on, which which won't be for a little bit because nodes need to vote on the the start date and the end date for the kill switch. Basically, when the redemption stop stop being one to one and start you know ticking down by by the day until it gets to zero to one, and you can't upgrade it at all anymore without losing all of your value. Uh, if you currently hold ERC twenty or BEP two rune, then uh, if you're listening to this now and you and you don't have your rune in a door one address, or if you're holding it on a centralized exchange, you should likely be okay. But it's still recommended that you. Uh, upgrade to native
2: rune if you can sure uh as it stands for right now when we go through the process of like putting the kill switch to a vote by node operators i think the 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 vote will be like should we start it in a month when this like this thing starts and then the duration of the thing is, is one year so like after the first month you get like you know 11 12 of the rune that you would be getting. And after like six months, you get half of the rune you'd be getting and after 12 months, you get zero. And so like, it, it'll just kind of slowly kind of ramp down over the course of a year. Um, so people have had basically uh, over two years to swap their bep two or years 20 rune into native rune, which is, you know, a period of time and something we've been talking about for a long period of time and pushing for it's the final kind of push to get people off of those assets. And so we can retire them and get rid of the kill switch, uh, the switch entirely. And like there only is one rune now, and it's just simpler, cleaner. You know, shedding off those ult, like that—the
3: alpha coin of uh, BEP2 and the beta coin of ERC20—and then not having the real deals. So, just to clarify, those are the two parameters that nodes will vote on: the how long until it starts, and then what the duration is. Correct. Yeah, they vote on the block height of which
2: to start the process or just start to like start ramping down the, the the ratio between non-native to native root. And then they vote on the number of blocks that it'll, the duration would be. I think for, I think what the team is probably gonna be doing is like, oh, let's start at 30 days from now. And then the duration is one year. Although we could change it to be six months or change it to be two years. Like whatever
3: the community wants to do is fine with me. Yeah. Curious. Uh, I mean, yeah, that seems like about right. (laughs) So I feel like people would probably mostly agree with that, but curious if people like feel dramatically different. Yeah. But you
2: just know at the same time that like, people are going to get upset about it. Like at some point, six months from now, somebody's be like, Oh, I didn't know I had to upgrade my ERC 20 rune or, or whatever. But the funny thing is like, we've, we've been like, you know, uh, grilled on Twitter about, you know, uh, malicious like NFT airdrops and this kind of thing where people get their runes kind of yanked from them. And people like call for like, Oh, let's, let's upgrade the token to fix the bug, blah, 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 which wasn't a bug. It was actually commented the code of why that was said that way. But, um, we kind of did that.
3: We said, oh, yeah, there's a new token. It's called Native Room. Switch to it. And then like, people continue to hold the old asset. And so it's just, like, what more can we do? Yeah, that does seem to be like really the only concern is just some people are inevitably going to be just like sitting on some ERC-20 or, or BEP-2 rune somewhere and just completely not paying attention. But I don't know. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. But we can't also, at the same time, we can't allow people who aren't paying attention to be the reason why we can't move forward in the project. Right? To, to shed... Yeah. You know, like it's it's this kind of this weird balance of like, well, we don't want, you know, to piss anybody off. The room holders and the part of the community and like we want to make sure they, they're all good and all this kind of stuff, but at the same time, we can't just like infinitely, you know, sit on assets that are, you know, counterproductive for the, the protocol. Like it's confusing the three different rooms and which one's doing and like it just creates complexity and like you know, especially for newcomers into the space. We want to keep it clean, simple, shed the old beta stuff, move on to Mainnet. For
3: sure makes sense. Could we move on to some questions?
1: yeah is it not anything else you want to talk about Chad
2: the
3: only thing I'm, I'm, I want to talk
2: about because I'm excited about it is this whole like yield bearing synthetics concept um I think this is what I'm like what I'm gunning for these days uh now that Thorfi has been kind of like hung up for a while um this is big uh, in many ways it's even technically it's actually big for Thorfi as well by the way I don't think people probably realize that, that yet but we can come back to that part another, another time but um so what it basically means for people who don't know. Yield-bearing sense gives the ability for people to add liquidity on the asset side to any pool without taking on the response, the, the price risk of the Rune asset, like without selling half their Bitcoin into Rune and then taking on that price exposure. Um, we found it in talking to like large institutions, especially that they, you know, like take Celsius, for example, I'll use them they're they're struggling at the moment. But uh, um, you know people give them Bitcoin and they're like, hey, we will, we'll give you, you know, 0.1% yield or something like this on your Bitcoin, but then like, how do they actually get yield? Like, where are the actual avenues to do so? Uh, and I didn't want to use ThorChain to, be, to begin with, um, because I didn't want to sell off half the Bitcoin to get price risk for their for their customers and their users, which makes complete sense. Like, I, you know, I can't blame them for that. Mentality. I probably would think the same thing if I were them. And so um, finding a way that, that assets can be added um, in a way that doesn't allow them risk to the ruin asset was became kind of like an important thing. Um, originally, we were going to do it without this, and then we're just going to say, "Okay, the, well, the t- the treasury will will give mo- uh, uh, Celsius a loan from from the treasury of like some number of rune, and then they provide the rune side and the Bitcoin side, but they only only really kind of like that sell half their Bitcoin into rune at that point, so the risk is significantly less for them. Uh, but they have to give the like the rune back at the end of the you know contract or whatever it is, and that became really difficult because it required like contracts and like signing things and like twelve year. And then also um, setting up like multi sigs for them for Rune, but they then don't they don't want to do that they don't use that they want to use Fireblocks as like asset management, and then we talk about Fireblocks and get Fireblocks to integrate with Rune. It just became like a bunch of work and, and difficulty. But then once we figured out a way to do it to do this without involving the treasury or loans or any of this kind of like horseshit, you just do it directly on chain instantaneously. Uh, Fireblocks already, uh, you know, supports Bitcoin so they can integrate with Fireblocks, integrate with Torchchain without needing to actually integrate with the rune asset, which is really uh, a big driver here to getting like institutional investment into the network. So uh, I can see what, what might happen from this is just like the pools will get very deep, very fast once this feature is released and, you know, big whales can jump in and get some Bitcoin yield more than 0.1% APY that BlockFi might be prom- promising them. Right. So I can see that becoming a huge driver to the, to, to, the pool depth of the network, which is
3: critically important for the success of this network. Which then finally, like larger swaps to make more sense, which hopefully will drive a lot more volume. Um, right. And then all kinds of all kind of comes together and you kind of see it all play out. Right.
2: Absolutely. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, getting the, the d- pools deeper just allows for larger trades with low, lower fees, which is just, you know, better for everybody. Um, and yeah, the LPs will, will make good money from that. The users will see more trade volume. Also, awesome. then then the next thing after that would be like, well, how do we scale the bond side again? Like it just is like as soon as you solve one of these problems of volume, uh, pool depth, and bond size, as soon as you solve one of those, like there's something else that's like lagging behind that you have to like figure out a way to improve that, and then it's something else like mine. Just like kind of just like round robin circle uh, amongst
3: these three different things, which is constantly being worked on by. Uh, you know the team, the community. Question, actually, on the yield-bearing sense. I saw a tweet from you, Chad. Um, and this might be kind of in the weeds, but I could use. We could all use the hit of excitement here. <laughs> so you said, you said, once yield-bearing sense are adopted, there will always be space to mint more sense unless pools are full. How? Yeah. What's going on with that? I that doesn't intuitively make make sense. So. Yeah, it's
2: counterintuitive. There's so many things with this part of this. There's counterintuitive if you, if you look at the it fixed value. Um, so this is how this is how that works. So there's a cap on sense on the synth utilization, right and right now it's at the 15%. So you want to get the 15%, the network won't allow you to to mint more synths on the network, right? But with this feature, the reserve is utilized to deploy capital, deploy rune into the pools to reduce the synth utilization percent. So you hit 15% or close to 15%, the network just starts to bleed rune into the pools like from the reserve, right? And by adding more and more rune to the pools, you're inherently driving down the utilization away from 15%, like back towards 10%. And people add, you know, more gets back to 13%. And then the reserve starts putting more rune into the, into the pool, which pushes it back down to 10%. And so, like, as soon as people are minting since, the reserve is kicking in to, like, to, like drive down the utilization percentage, which means that as an LP, you're not, you're not taking on any more risk. Like, you're not... The, your leverage position on rune is not increasing because the the reserve is like pushing down that utilization percentage and de-risking the LPs by being LP itself, it's like being like time bodyguard, sort of bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and, and taking more and more of the kind of like brunt, brunt force of anything that happens on the network. You as a you know as an LP, and so like it can scale to pretty much until the pools are actually full, which is when the reserve stops putting room into the into the network when the pools are full. Like, obviously, it can't do so because it can't break economic security. And so it just like stops at that point. And then we hit the cap and that's when you can't get any higher than that. But as long as the pools are not full, the network will constantly apply downward pressure on the synth the synth utilization to always create more space for ARBs to
3: ARB or for people to, you know, deposit more Bitcoin to the network to get a yield on it. Awesome. <laughs> that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. It makes sense. So yeah. yeah, it's not, it's not like continuing to leverage the existing LPs rather this way. It's just kind of like scaling up the depth
0: nearly uh, like today, so
3: right.
2: And the, the other thing that people like haven't really quite figured out yet about the design is that like if um, if you're in a place where uh, an LP withdraws and the synth utilization um, uh, decreases, the network may deploy or so synth utilization increases. Excuse me, the network will deploy more rune into the network into the into the pool, and so like you effectively have the reserves becoming a protocol owned liquidity, and so an LPs. Decide to leave because it's, it's a bear cycle or like whatever. The reserve, you know, doesn't care about bear cycles. The reserve doesn't care about bull cycles. The reserve is is, a, is just like just intensely diamond hand motherfucker that just is always going to deploy more capital to the pools because it just has a long term, like, it's not looking for yield in the next three months, like LP might be looking for. It's looking for supporting the network for the like years decades. That's like the timeframe that the the, the reserves kind of thinking in. And so like, even if people start leaving the
3: network as like LPs might do it in a bear cycle, the reserve kind of kicks in and starts deploying more capital. Right. Yeah. That's really cool. Cause like in a a bear cycle, people would still want yield on just their Bitcoin. They, They would still be happy to probably take the single sided. Um, but they might not want the LP exposure, but then if the reserve can take that side, then you still maintain the depth. You still have like good potential for swaps and everything can kind of still, uh, Go on and work w- with the with like the latest thoughts on on single sided. Um, Would there still be that um, that design where there would be single sided rune as well, and the reserve kicks in after point, or
2: is it towards in this design? S- rune is not used. You can't do single sided rune. You can only do do single sided asset. So you can do Bitcoin, Ethereum, and, and like you know Doge or whatever. But like you can't do rune, and there's there's, there's some reasons for that, like. Um, like if you think about it logically, the amount of people that want or the amount of dollars, right, in, in dollar value of the amount of like Bitcoiners who want to earn more Bitcoin is far and away larger than the amount of people who want to earn Rune on their Rune. Like if you think, think about it in that kind of context. And so if you have those people deploying their Rune to the pool side, but not the bond side, well, then you, you're kind of in like a slightly inefficient Kind of like like uh, implementation here, right? Because you want the security to be as deep as possible, as much rune as you can possibly get on the security side and the bond side to scale that up as high as possible, then allow the you know the Bitcoiners and the you know ETH, Max ETH or whatever to deploy their ETH or their their, their ETH or whatever in their um, their BDC. And so, like if you if you have you know half of people doing uh, the rune holders doing bond and half of them are doing pool, then you, you're not. Quite as efficient in terms of like how deep the pools can get. So I think what what I'm trying to think about or or work my way towards is um, is forgetting about rune in the pool side for the most part, And and thinking about rune as an asset that you that you provide security on. And we came up with an idea how to do this to scale security in a cheaper way. And that is that like um, this new concept of light nodes where I call them, I call them passive nodes in, in the uh, GitLab that I wrote up. But basically, like you can run a, a non-validator node. Like you're not contributing to consensus. You're contributing just to the Asgard's. You're like a member of signing as you're not part of the actual consensus that is actually driving New blocks to be committed on blockchain, and with that there's no actual there doesn't have to be any minimums on the amount of rune required to run one of these like passive nodes Theoretically, you could do like ten rune it probably wouldn't actually work out very well because of the cost of running the infrastructure you wouldn't generate enough yield that it would make a profit. but there's no lower cap that proceeds other than uh, some economic security aspects which have to be uh, developed but like by doing so, you've, like, you can have, like, a 50,000 K rune, you know, uh, passive node, and you can still do bond providers. So you and, like, you know, six of your friends or something like this can, like, come together to run these passive nodes to generate enough yield, you know, to be able to, like, get rune in your rune. Uh, and then also you have your, like, operational cost of running for structure. Now is the infrastructure right now is, like, the same for truckers, a full validator. It requires all those things just for, for economic security. Unless we can figure out a way around that, which we're still kind of brainstorming on how to do that with all, all the daemons and all that kind of stuff. But that might be the thing to do, um, to make uh, make it more available for more people to, to jump into a, you know, a a passive node. Or maybe like um we can do like passive nodes of service, because now that like we don't have UGSL bolts anymore in the network, uh, somebody who's running a, a passive node doesn't have an ability to rug pull. Right, like on the, like this, as they did originally uh, when we had Yigrisol vaults, like they had an ability to rug pull their users and steal the money and then walk away and profit and left, you know, with all your room gone. But now that there's no more Yigrisol vaults in the network anymore, we removed them like a week ago, or two weeks ago, they weren't needed anymore. Um, it's a more efficient network. Uh, now a passive node or about it, if that matter, can't really rug pull, This needs to pull, right? And so, the only way that you can rug pull is if, is if you have you know, uh, like you're running 13 or whatever the hell the number is, uh, like 14, 15 nodes, whatever the hell the number is um, of, uh, of a particular Asgard, which is really hard to do because it's somewhat randomly uh, selective and, and all that kind of stuff you have to run like, probably 30 or 40, 15 nodes to go up. and then it may be possible at that point, but like, that be extremely difficult and expensive to do. So like, it becomes a lot more practical, for sure. So. Um, my focus is right now getting this yield bearing thing going and launch that. Hopefully, in the next month or so. Um, once that's launched, we'll see the pools get real deep, real fast. And then we're going to run into another problem of the security of on the on the bond side. It's not going to be you know high enough. It's going to be demand. The yield is going to be the incentive is going to be swung to the to the node operators and away from the uh, peas and the yield bearing synthetic people. Uh, and then all of a sudden, there's going to be a push to add more bond on the, on the bond side. And that's why I think I want to start working on. This passive note concept—it's
1: great. Uh, look forward to seeing this. Uh, hopefully, put out a ADR or something like that before uh, you know these features uh, you know are, are fully developed, just so people can discuss these. But these sound like uh, you know well, promising developments. Uh, I hope in Torchain's future. Single side oh, sure. that as we all know, is like the, the the holy grail of all of crypto products. Never mind DeFi products. So yeah,
2: yeah, for sure it's it is. It's a game changer for us. You know sure.
1: Sweet. I brought up uh, Arno and SpinZone. Uh, if anyone else has questions about anything, uh, you can just raise your hands. We'll, we'll start with SpinZone. He's been waiting for a while. Hello.
4: Um, thank you for bringing me up. A really fascinating conversation. My question is about when you mention since um, and the network starts adding, well, if you start reaching the limit, the network starts adding uh, runes from the reserve. My question is, um, would the network basically be taking on extra risk Uh, I guess the reserve taking out extra risk, Um, what are the parameters, like what's the safety of that, and then if the network is adding room to the pools, um, would the network be uh, receiving shares and would it be receiving um, a portion of the uh, uh, proceeds basically, would it be... um, Kind of competitor to LPs at that point. Uh, yeah, so it
2: would be uh, the network itself, the reserve itself would become an LP, and so because of that, it, it buys a percentage of the pool, and it gets whatever yield it generates from that uh, concept. Uh, so yeah, so it'll generate a revenue, and that'll all go back to the reserve. Which in the long term, the, the reserve is just you know secreting ruin into the into the pools anyway, into to the to the nodes and all this kind of stuff. So it, it has another source of income to maintain that the, the network can always secrete rune, right, and block rewards because it's just constantly generating revenue as well. So some percentage of that uh, comes back to itself for providing liquidity. Um, yeah, so the other question, is, well, like, what about risk to the network?
4: Um, well, after what you just said, I'm actually worried of the opposite, maybe what about monopolization uh, of the pools by the network in that case?
2: Well, I, I, there's a party that hopes that happens, like that's a, and that's a possibility, like an outcome from this concept, is that like, just the LPs just leave and all that's left is basically the, the reserve and a bunch of yield-bearing synthetics. And if that happens, then uh, we're in a better scenario, I think, in my opinion, just because like, the one thing we did learn from that was useful and valuable from you know from the own uh, design was that how useful protocol owned liquidity is, and the reserve becomes protocol owned liquidity that like that just always huddles. They never sell it. It's not trying to, to maximize its water. It just, just huddles the hell out of the pools, and so that creates that just maintains that even in bear markets the the pools become um, um, just maintains its, its depths in a sense, and if you want to. Uh, B N L P you can, no one's gonna stop you. Uh or if you want to get like a loan, you can still do that if you end up going a Thorfy Road, which is we'll talk more about that another day. Um but yeah, I don't I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, right? Like it's like a, like mercenary capital is, is always problematic, right? Like we saw this happen with sushi and uni. Like when sushi just came out, uni got like vampire attacked by sushi. They lost all their you know pool depth, which is you know bad for obviously for sushi, for, for uni rather. Um, and we don't want to see that, right? So we want to have more reliable capital. We want the Pools to maintain their depths, like even in bear markets or 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 price times where the room prices getting hit hit hard, right relative relative to markets. Like we want diamond hands to be in the in the pools to to support the uh, the chain ecosystem.
4: I see. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's definitely worth the thought. I'm thinking of all the possibilities of uh, maybe you know the 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 reserve could scare away. um uh, LPs, or maybe actually LPs coming in would force the reserve to retract its positions. Um, I'm also wondering like, usually with rune, you have to typically have dual sided pools. So if the LPs pulled out their other side and there's base, I mean, this is like o- obviously a very extreme scenario, but what if ultimately everybody left and there's only rune in the pools? Would that work? Well, there would never only be rune in the pools.
2: Arbitrage will always ensure that's true. Right. So, like, even even if all the LPs leave, the pools will effectively remain the same. Because as LPs are leaving, the reserve steps in steps in while they're, you know, to replace their position more or less. Right.
4: And and who will own the other, like let's say Bitcoin room pool? LPs leave, they take their Bitcoin with this is the network going to own Bitcoin at that point?
2: Yeah, the network, the, the reserve itself will, will have will be effectively price exposed to Bitcoin and price exposed to Ethereum and price exposed to, to Doge and all these things. Be effectively it's like it's investing into like an ETF, you can think of it that way. That the network is now, you know, long on room, but it's just, it's long on crypto in general. It's just just acquiring, you know, more or less all the gas ads, the primary asset per chain. And it's just kind of like taking a long-term position on crypto in general.
4: Thank you. I'll be marinating on this for a little bit. I appreciate um, you answering my questions. You guys are awesome. Yeah, no worries.
5: Thanks Arno. Spinzone, you there? yeah how are you how, how are you doing guys good just had uh, two quick things first is just a comment on um centralized exchanges and uh oh, God, my phone was ringing in the background um i think that the at least in my in my in my case um i've pounded the table on rune to so many people unfortunately they're not technical enough um so i've had to obtain originally the erc 20 rune through you know uniswap or whatever um so I think that being on the centralized exchanges is going to be great for adoption because you can just, you know, Hey, people can understand with or chain going, they can understand, you know, whatever it just, it's an easy way to onboard them. And then I think the, the entire, what will ultimately be uh deal farming for five staking, single-sided, et cetera, is going to what going to drag those people that are adopted into the system, believe in the coin eventually to use, you know, four swap, to interact just like they've bought in coins on Coinbase or Gemini and they use Uniswap. Um, so I think the more attractive the features and the yielding gets on the platform and, and the more technical, uh, people that they can't unfortunately use Uniswap or ThorSwap yet as they get more technical or the aggregators get easier to use. I think that's where a lot of the swapping and the pooling and the yielding and all that great stuff is, is going to bring them over to the platform. So I think the sexes, you know, are a good thing. Because they're going to bring a lot of people that just normally uh, aren't comfortable with software or hardware wallets. They just don't understand the whole swapping. They don't know how to get enough gas in there for ERC20 to swap. And they just get frustrated and they say, Yeah, I'm not going to buy it. Uh, and then once they're in it, as things get easier to use, they become more educated. That's when they'll come over to the platform, I think, uh, to get yield, just like they, again, they did with Bitcoin and Ethereum on BlockFi or Lending or some of the other places where they just moved off of. Uh, one exchange to, to another, uh, to take advantage of, of again, yield. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to say that I think there's a benefit to the, to the centralized exchange to at least adoption in the early stages of, of kind of the non-technical people, which I think for the most part in crypto, there's more of them than there are of us at this point. Um, and I think it's just healthy to get them into the system and then they'll participate as they feel more comfortable. So I just wanted to kind of comment on some of the thoughts that were there. And then I think lastly would be, um, the kill switch. Um, and I'm just going to run this by you guys for your thoughts, because I, I don't know the entire, as uh, centralized exchanges, et cetera, um, they're going to kill out, I would assume, the ERC-20 as they convert to native like Binance. Is that true? Sorry, who's going to kill the ERC-20? Well, is it, like Binance just switched over to, to native room. So the, they're not going to have any um, BEP room anymore, right? Correct. Okay. So my thought was, if as the exchanges Kind of kill off, um, and it's not supported. Is it still a problem if you have hypothetically some of these latecomers? Of course, I'm not going to be one of them. I've already converted to native a while ago. But say these latecomers, you want to avoid, you know, some of the headache. Isn't it possible just just to allow them to swap one for one? You know, the wallet will support ERC or BEP, and you know, let's just say they're eight months late to the party. They have to use door swap ultimately to, to upgrade their their room. Would that be a problem? Uh, it'd be a problem in the context that, like, if, if they're eight months late, nine, yeah, like, yeah, it won't be one to one; it'll be like point two to one. one yeah, to no, two, I get, rather. I get the idea of the kill switch. I'm saying in a in a perfect world, hypothetically, you guys said, look, uh, there's not going to be support for ERC twenty or BEP rune anymore. The exchanges are converting as they exchange over to the to the native rune. Um, hypothetically, you don't. Let's just say we didn't have a you didn't have a kill switch, and they transferred to you know, full wallet or next day, whatever, uh, a year from now, it, is, it, is it still, you know, impossible to have that mechanism for them to just, you know, burn off their, their BEP or their ERC-20 and get a native RUNE token? No, it's not impossible. The, the question is whether or not
2: we want to, you know, how, how aggressive do we want to be as a, as a project to get people to get off of their ERC-20 or off of the BEP-2? Onto mainnet. Right. Right. So like we can we can we can leave this the switch, you know, running for the next hundred hypothetically speaking, and people can try to one any given moment or not. Uh, the reason why we uh, I, I can advocate against that is one, getting rid of the switch code is is just you know uh, one less thing and one part of the code base, one like slightly less uh surface area for the code base and complexity. Um, and and two, we don't want to have you know people do get confused and like buy a fake asset that is not fake fake asset, but like a a you know old that's no longer relevant anymore, and then be confused and like think they have one but they don't have it, and it just creates uh, a bad scenario in, in the long yeah. run.
5: I'm and just sure- trying to think like- outside the box so that you know Discord doesn't blow up, and and you you know I mean we just saw it with Tara Luna. everybody had. God knows how much warning and I'm still seeing shit in discord about people that are wondering if they can withdraw from the pool. I mean, it's, it's, it's (laughs) insanity, but you know, it's
1: It's the beast. The communication Uh, challenge, but it's it's something that, you know, team has been working on for a while. Like native rune has been available for well over a year now. And it's, it's, you know, it was first available. It's been publicized that the old versions of rune are going to be deprecated. And I think that, uh, you know, most buyers, of we're like and say like a new buyer over and would probably be buying it on a centralized exchange or directly on the, uh, on, you know, something like Thor swap or any of the other interfaces that, uh, right. that use Thor chain. So I like, uh, I mean, I, it's a communications like challenge for sure. But I think that, uh, you know, this is just kind of the way that it, it, it has to be done we need, we need to move past them at some point because they don't bring oh, any I, value
5: I, to the I, I agree 100%. Exchange. It's not even a communications problem. It's a it's a stupidity problem. I hate to say it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I watched the Discord thread, and, and I know I've been one of them, and, and, and you know, that as a as a new at one point, you know, I had questions, but I mean, just some of these people uh, like blow my mind. Like, how did you even click a button to buy this shit? I mean, I I don't I don't get it. But anyways. Keep up the great work, guys. I'm glad we're, we're past the whole Luna debacle. I'm sure there'll be, you know, out there in the crypto space at this point, many others. But again, you know, the bright side is just the time to build and, and uh, this too shall pass. So fortunate to be part of the Rune gang and, and look forward to all the new, to mainnet and and all the new things that uh, you guys have been thinking about. Appreciate it. man. Thanks,
1: Susan. And if anyone else has questions, uh, you can just hit the request button on the bottom left and uh, we'll get you up on stage.
3: Are you there, Susan? Looks like you just dropped down to listener. Maybe need to request again. Uh,
1: okay. Yeah. Uh, I else want to want to come up. Can I ask any questions? They gave questions about the single sided. Uh, Here's one. Stuff or, all
3: right. uh, major. So he, there you go. Major, you there?
0: Yeah. I'm there. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. How's it going? Okay. Hi, guys. I'm just wondering for the sex question. Uh, since like FTX was the only exchange who like literally like delisted rules for the mainnet swap, I guess. Have you already heard from them guys? Like, do they need some additional work? Because Binance just like put deposits on hold and they took a couple of days and then they were back on and it was native. And like FTX for some reason sent out a cryptic tweet for like they listing Rune, and they might list it at the later point in mainnet. Have you ever heard from, them, from those guys that they're having some just like technical issues or what's, what's the stand with, with FTX since it's still a pretty big exchange? Other than that, no further question. Uh, keep doing the great work, guys.
1: Yeah, I mean, as as far as I know, like, I haven't talked with FTX, but they're upgrading to native Rune. So, uh, yeah, uh, obviously not every exchange is, like, as up-to-date on the space as Binance. And, uh, you know, Binance has, uh, you know, has support from the team. to like, basically, like, like setting up their node and, like, running the platforms. Obviously, they need to set up infrastructure to to run uh, and... To, to know like when they're getting deposits and withdrawals and what's happening on the origin itself. So like that's probably the challenge that FTX is going through. And they just uh, don't... I don't know. They, they just... <laughs> that's the, the method that, that they're doing to, to get past this stuff. I don't
2: know if you've heard anything else, Jeff. I, I'm not talking to them directly, for, to be honest. So I haven't had any conversations with them. Last I heard, there's not much of an issue or problem here with, with regards to that. But I don't know what the timeline is for that. I don't know anything like that. So... I'm just waiting. I mean, the tweet was weird and the article was weird the way they phrased it. And we reached out to them saying, like, why did you phrase it this way? Like, that's just a really
3: funky way of going at it. And we just didn't even get a response, to be honest. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They definitely could have phrased it differently. They just threw some unnecessary FUD into the mix, for sure. Yeah, it didn't make any sense to me either. first. confusing. Yeah. Let's go to Impossible Hunter. What's up? Hey guys, um, quick question about the kill switch. Did or do you guys have a time frame of when that's
6: actually going to go into effect? I think I missed that in the beginning.
1: Yeah. So uh, after mainnet, the nodes will be able to. Nodes can vote right now on it, but uh, we'll start campaigning for a for the kill switch to start uh, after mainnet, and the the date will probably be somewhere like a month in the future, and then go for anywhere from six months to a year for uh, for redemption. So. There will be a solid month after mainnet of one to one full redemptions, but then after that, it'll start ticking down. Gotcha. Okay.
4: Okay. Sounds good. And um, I also remember in the past that there was a potential of uh, delisting uh, finance. What was I saying? Bitcoin Cash. Any um? I know any updates on that?
1: I don't think any any chain will be delisted from Thorchain right now because I mean, is, like, if, if you were talking about uh, like some kind of chain that is very costly, like infrastructure wise, to nose, but it also has low volume, uh, that might be a different story. But like B- Bitcoin Cash, while it has like low volume on Thorchain, it's not as as far as I'm aware, it's like not excessively like hard to run. It, it doesn't cause a lot of problems on on Thorchain. It's just you know another chain connection. Uh, so like. I don't think anyone's like actively looking to, to get it removed. Yeah, sure. Okay. Sounds good. Cool. cool. Okay. Thanks, guys. Sweet. All right. Tijzin, are you there now?
6: Yeah, sorry. I got um Twitter connection issue before. Um, so the uh, main utility value proposition of a uh, chain that I've been observing so far has been the, uh, the native token uh, exchange, right? Uh, whereas other places were doing coins. Uh, With the Osmosis chain now introducing native tokens on their DEX and their ability to control uh, vertically with their uh, Kepler wallets and now uh, below uh, DEX itself, where they're becoming a hub, where they're inviting all the former Luna developers to launch their own apps on, how does a a Thor chain compete with that? Or what does it competition picture look like going forward.
4: Uh,
6: hello, I heard questions for this project. Can you hear me? Hey, sorry, can you please meet your mic? Thanks. Uh,
2: yeah, so uh, to my knowledge, I, I don't think Authentic is doing anything with layer 1s. Uh, it's not structured to do so. It is talking about like using Solar as a bridge to get into the Ethereum and like other spaces, um, which I think was voted on as a community a while back. As like the mechanism to create like Ethereum on Osmosis, but it's it's a bridge just like any other, not actually layer one. It's using a wrapped asset. Technically, Osmosis doesn't work with any layer ones, even within Cosmos, because uh, even you know, Atom on Osmosis is technically a wrapped asset. It's you're locking the atom token on the atom chain, and then you're minting a new token on the other side that represents that one-to-one ratio, and then you're putting that into a pool. So technically they don't have access to any layer one assets. Only Osmo itself is the only layer one that they have to interact with.
6: Well, that's, that's what I thought too, because they were doing the uh, using XLR as a, a bridge. They had the uh, WF and uh, wrapped uh, coins of, of using XLR. Uh, but on the recent conference, I think it was out in uh, Texas, where um, Sony uh, released a uh, screen image of F and AVEX. Uh, exchanging on Osmosis. And so I texted him, or I tweeted and asked him if that's actually a native token like on ThorChain. And he said, yes, it is. So I was kind of surprised by that. I, 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 he's been talking about like something akin to like a ThorFi or uh, a lending exchange on DEX and all that stuff before as well. And he's been a fan of Thor, ThorChain, I know that. Um, so uh, this is obviously this, something that Osmosis Lab has been working on that they released uh, or, or uh, unveiled at the co- recent conference, and it's not on their chain yet, but it looks like it's coming online. Yeah, um, I'd be curious to like
2: shoot me uh, that that tweet that you referred to. is like I want to kind of read it more in depth. But
6: yeah, I'll understanding, say, yeah, I'll send that. you the on that um, a screenshot and the, the exchange that I had with them. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, we can. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but but Thorchain is still the only, uh, you know, cross-chain dex that can support these UTXO chains. I mean, yeah, like I guess it really depends on how they're implementing it, but it's it seems very unlikely they'd be able to implement something like Thorchain does with support for, uh, you know, Bitcoin or other UTXO chains like outside of the EBM space.
2: Well, like think about it this way: like their validators, they don't run Bitcoin nodes, right? So if they're dealing with Bitcoin, they have to. Go- they have to offload that something to somebody else. And if they're offloading that something to somebody else, they're the ones that's doing the layer one interaction. And then they're receiving some sort of like wrapped asset effectively. So uh, unless they're like, they're, they're forked ThorChain code and they're just, they're taking the Bifrost code specifically. And they're going to like redo ThorChain in their own graph which I haven't heard anything remotely close to that, but I, don't,
6: I mean, it's not technically possible for them to integrate with Bitcoin directly without their validators running Bitcoin nodes. Yeah. I mean, knowing like, like how many, uh, lines of code that are, that are involved in the com- complexity of the door chain. I, that's, I mean, it, it really caught me off guard, and that's why I specifically asked. It's like they, uh, he's, Sony's been talking about. Um, I mean, because they're they're big on the uh, easy UI UX inter- uh, interface, and that's how they get most of their users. Uh, so he's been talking about making the UI simpler, and that's why I initially asked them. Uh, whether it was just a UI trick, right? So that, because that would be kind of dangerous, because like people are led to believe without that, that little uh, W in front of it, uh, it's like if it says F and Apex directly, they're going to assume that they're buying the real token. And that's why I specifically asked them if it was a UI trick or um, did native need a token like Torchain. And his answer was simple: Yeah, like it is a native token. So we'll we'll see. I mean, it's it's it's
3: quite interesting because so far, Thorchain was the only one that could do that. Yeah, I'm curious to see that too. I'll try to find it. Um, But yeah, I mean, you you even said it was within Kepler, but within Kepler, you can't have like native Ether. or AVAX so I'm kind of yeah.
6: That. I, I, I'll send I'll send you guys a direct uh, direct um, a yeah. tweet uh, section on that, so that you guys can look into that
3: further. Yeah,
1: yeah maybe I'm he's just talking about the aggregator. <laughs> he's, he's just
3: aggregator.
2: Yeah, like, uh, maybe it's a low key <laughs> announcement. <laughs> so it's 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 not like Thorchain. It is Thorchain. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 do you mean? what do you mean? They, they incorporated ThorChain? Possibly. That, that, I was talking about that in the, in the beginning of the call. Like, them integrating with ThorChain so that they can they can support Layer 1 Bitcoin without actually holding any Bitcoin themselves. And So they just send the ThorChain ch- like chain, like, send some Osmo, send some Adam, whatever, and then it gets swapped to Bitcoin on the ThorChain side and sends, B, you know, some Bitcoin someone's BC1 address. Right? So,
6: So from their UI, like, the users don't know anything about it. They just know that they're swapping uh, native coin to native coin on osmosis
3: without knowing that it's door chain or anything like that right they would have no idea that's happening in, a, in the background theoretically right. right i mean i don't think it, i don't think this has been like anything officially announced right but in that case they would they would still need a native wallet for the the chain they're swapping to or from um, so I, I suppose we'll see what, what's actually happening there
2: yeah the, i think they would have to upgrade the kepler wallet or something like this or to allow it i don't know to figure it out with time i guess but if, it's totally possible to accomplish.
1: Yeah, I know. I, like our team is definitely open to, to helping Osmosis solve this problem, especially uh, you know whatever we can do with on the aggregator front. Sonny was just in here earlier. You probably weren't in the, in the call at the very beginning, but uh, yeah, he was in here. We were just talking about the, the Atom integration and how that could basically interface with uh, Osmosis. So uh, you know, hopefully we can get them on board for an aggregator, and yeah, then we can offer real native support for uh, you know real native swaps between. Uh, cosmos and
6: you know all the other stuff so by the, by, by the way when is uh, thorchain bringing adam uh, on board as a native token
1: adam is on stage net right now and it should likely be launched next week possibly the week after if there's delays but everything is is basically ready it's on it's on stage and just being tested right now so everything's looking good for, for adam like very very soon and AVAX is a little further off it's not on stage net yet and that will need an independent audit uh, before it would go live on I mean, all right, thanks for coming on, man. All right, yeah, let's go to uh, Gokon. Sorry for cutting you off earlier, what's
2: up? Hello,
6: uh, can you hear me? Got it. Yep, uh, First of all, thanks for allowing to me. Uh, I have a questions, uh, basically two questions. Uh, do you think it will be the best project for uh, decentralized finance for, year, for this year?
4: Sorry,
1: is your question whether Thorchain is the best DeFi project? Yes. Yes, yes, I would, I would say that. Sure,
3: we would definitely say so. Not financial advice, but we're obviously big bulls on what's going on in the Thorchain yeah. world. So
1: the Thorchain <laughs> Thor is basically cross-chain infrastructure that allows decentralized swaps between real native layer one tokens, as you know, Bitcoin to Ethereum swaps and and whatnot.
3: Yeah, like imagine all these centralized institution type products that are out there, right? like centralized exchanges for trading, or stuff like. BlockFi and Celsius for earning yield or, uh, you know, lending and borrowing and stuff like that. Like Thorchain is really a way to achieve all of those same goals, but without the company in the middle, <laughs> which is really the like vision of crypto from the beginning that has kind of been, uh, like slapped together with centralized companies on top of it to make this stuff possible. So, you know, ThorChain is really like, from my perspective, basically the most important project going in, in the DeFi space.
1: Obviously, take it with a grain of salt. This is a ThorChain weekly lot space. Yeah. Yeah. Any other any other questions from you, sir? Yeah, you can ask
6: it. Hello. My My second question. ThorChain will get an upgrade to this year.
1: Sorry, what was that? Repeat that.
6: We, Torch, building an upgrade for this year.
1: Torch will be going into mainnet in a week and in some change, if that's your question. It'll, it'll be on operation for the, the indefinite future. It won't be going anywhere.
6: Okay, so thanks.
1: Sweet. Thanks, man. Uh, let's go to Total
7: Value. Hi, guys. How are you doing? It. Awesome. Uh, I just wanted to confirm that, like, you know, Binance.com is on the ThorChain mainnet, uh, mainnet and it's like the native. Um, so, Beb2 is gone from Binance.com for deposit and withdrawal. You know, I know because that you asked that some somebody can confirm, I can fully confirm. <laughs> Sweet. We did it. Yeah. And Kraken is also a native rune and uh, Crypto.com withdrawal is a native rune, not the too to as far as i know oh yeah that's a great point i always kind of forget about
3: those but um for the yeah. for the for the u.s folks that's that's a good um good options there so that's a pretty relatively simple like way like like just somebody earlier who was asking about just like the, the simplicity of you know kind of getting the normies into this world uh yeah kraken and, and crypto.com are definitely solid options
7: yeah, and I'm not gonna be super worried about the transition actually, like you know, because all of these major ones are moving. Um and whoever is having it like you know on the xd or somewhere, I'm pretty sure they have done the upgrade. So I, I think like you know, it's it's not a big deal from this point. I just wanted to also ask a question about the BEP2. Uh, now that Binance has done it to us and taken away the rune BEP2. Are we gonna take away their BIP2 BNB and put it on like you know BSC? Like you know, it, this can be a good question for Chad B. Uh, I actually always wondered what's the reason that we are on BIP2 not BIP20. Uh, I think my guess is that like you know once like you know when four chain has started, it was like you know BIP2 that was functional back then. Uh, But like you know, BSC, uh, like you know, I have reasons for asking this because like you know, imagine the users of uh, like you know other exchanges other than Binance uh, wanting to like you know bring their uh, BEP twenty Bitcoin or like you know BUSD or those assets, and we've seen they perform really well in terms of the volume. So I think that you know having BSC instead of Bep two opens up more options for people to provide the liquidity from central exchanges. Yeah,
1: I don't know if Chad's back, but I I agree with you there that it, like buying smart chain is something that we're looking into integrating. Uh, we, you know, we we just have to prioritize like where where we're putting our resources, and I think that is the reason that bep 2 is supported rather than bep 20 so um yeah I, I mean i'd definitely like to see binance smart chain support for limited number of tokens on uh, on on Thor. Like i think getting binance smart chain support for like bnb uh some stable coins and then you know major assets like like b btc would, would be probably helpful and just the increase the liquidity overall so i like i'd like to see that and you know hopefully we get that in the future like as part of like the you know the prioritization of which chains are integrated, that there were chain and which ones aren't.
3: Yeah, or get an aggregator going there with pan- Pancake Swap or whatever, um, and just have like uh, BEP twenty BNB integrated. Um, yeah, hopefully, maybe like, I don't know. I don't know what conversations are having exactly around BSC, but like with with the AVAX coming and kind of like knocking out some EVMs, uh, I would be hopeful to to see that. Um, but yeah, I think as far as like YSP BEP two, it's just kind of like a legacy thing, right? Like like Rune was launched. Um, on BEP2 itself, like BEP swap was kind of like where it all started. So, yeah, Binance Smart Chain didn't exist at the time that we launched the BEP2 asset back in
2: like 2019. I think Binance Smart Chain launched what, like a year and a half ago, I think, or a year ago, yeah. whatever it was. Yes. Yeah. So, like, that was the reason why we're on BEP2 and not BEP20. BEP20 didn't exist at the time. And we certainly weren't going to spend the time to try to migrate to a new chain like BEP20, and it just, it just doesn't make any logical sense to me at all. But, like, so we'll, we'll continue to support the Binance chain, I think probably. We'll remove it
7: but adding Binance smart chain as well. I think I'm totally open to doing that at some, at some point. Cool. That's awesome. Actually actually this BEP2 thingy like it's super awesome. Nobody else has this in a like a decentralized way. Like you know the even the other exchanges you cannot withdraw BEP2 and it's kind of like uh,
8: a fun thing to have. But yeah, thanks for the answer. Hey, Secret Ninja. Hey, I just wanted to clear it up a bit because I heard Sunny talk about it, how it works with the Osmosis Native Coin Exchange. So the way it works is they um, they have a collaboration with uh, XLR actually. And every coin that is integrated or supported via XLR um, is first transferred to Uh, The Axela bridge, then let's say if you want to switch like uh, our classical example, like Bitcoin to Ethereum, you would send your Bitcoin to the Axela bridge. Then it gets converted into WBTC on Osmosis. WBTC gets swapped to uh, wrapped Ethereum on Osmosis. And wrapped Ethereum gets sent back to XLR and uh, then eventually to the destination address where the swapper wants his uh, ETH sent to. That's uh, how the mechanism works. And obviously, UI is just... Like give give me your sending address, give me your receiving address where you want to uh, Ethereum uh send to, and then everything of that works like I what I described right now works in the background. So that's how they're planning on like swapping native coins uh between each other. And that that would work with I don't know, Solana, Avex as well, obviously everything that is supported via Excel gets automatically uh, integrated into osmosis. That's a mechanism how I u- understood how it works.
2: Yeah, so Axlo is providing a bridge between a, a native asset and an uh, ICS-20 asset on the Cosmos chain.
8: Correct, right. It's, it's still a bridge mechanism. Yeah, Yeah. that's the main difference between Thorchain chain and osmosis. The thing is, uh, like the regular end user, so to speak, doesn't really recognize the difference, right?
2: If you're if you're a swapper, you probably wouldn't recognize much of a difference because you're you're transient in your exposure to the wrapped asset. Uh, but to somebody who's LPing that that wrapped asset, they're you know they have long term exposure to the health of the bridge. That is true. Yeah,
8: yeah. That that uh, that is also like because I I'm a fan of both projects actually, and um, I I provided liquidity for both projects. Yeah, but I still like. Uh, thought chain more in the way that i'm really exposed to native bitcoin and (laughs) i'm still super nervous because i invested in Terra as well uh, about this wbtc exposure because i'm always thinking like oh what if something goes wrong, if the company behind wbtc like goes bankrupt and doesn't uh, refund my wbtc to real btc anymore then it's worthless so yeah th- that's what i like more about the thought chain model you're absolutely right in that but uh, yeah i just wanted to explain like uh, give a little bit of background on how the osmosis team wants to uh, tackle this issue because i think like the more angles uh, like the more angles we are a tech issue, and in the end, like the more decentralized are we, in my opinion. So, um, I think it's uh, a win, hopefully. And I, in some way, hope both models are going to work out. But uh, yeah, that's true. That's the main difference in the end. Yeah.
1: Sounds like we need to get the osmosis team on the line and get uh, get this aggregator right in there. <laughs> well, once we get that I'm integration, that sounds like what needs to
8: happen. Yeah, totally. I uh, definitely. Um also like for the Adam integration, um I I don't know if you guys are familiar with CryptoCedo, but he's like an Adam influencer on YouTube. And um I have his number right now. So if you guys wanna DM me and like do an interview with him um on the Adam integration on Thought Chain, because he has question as well. Like he's always wondering, oh, why hasn't Thoughtchain enabled IBM? And all that stuff. So, uh, if I if, if I should uh, you guys link up with him, I think that would be really cool because he has a, like a huge cosmos following. And uh, yeah, I think it would be helpful for Thorchain as well, and to get the communication across that the collaboration is actually happening.
3: Yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, I'll reach out to you as well about that. Um, get something going, uh, maybe with the Thorswap team too, or if uh, if we can do something, if, if Chad wants to seniors with Thorchain core people too. That'd be great. I think
1: he's in this call, actually. Oh, really? So, yeah. yeah. What's up? Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, so let's uh, make it happen. Crypto yeah, that. Let, let's do it. Dude. Yeah, cool. Definitely, let's go. LFG. Let's get it. All right. Anything else that uh, that you guys want to
8: say before you wrap up? That's it from my side. Thank you guys. Thanks yeah, thanks. For
3: thanks for adding that. That was uh, yeah, that was informative. Didn't know that. Cool. Yeah, I don't see any other questions uh, in the queue. So um, yeah, I think this was. I think this was great. It's uh, fun to catch up after a few weeks off and uh, get all hyped up again. So <laughs> I got I got my dose of Chad B uh, <laughs> hype. Uh, I, I was deficient. So yeah, this yes, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah,
1: I hope we could do these every week. Like, I, I really do try to do them every week, but it's like it's hard because sometimes the you know the team is out, like like Chad's out or I'm out or just you know I re- we do really do try to do these every week, and uh, that's the goal. But you know, realistically, it might not happen to be like every single Friday. But you know, we we do our best to get this content out there because I know that people have questions, and you know, sometimes it's just a lot easier to ask your question just you know just saying it rather than you know typing in some discourse of words, having no idea what's happening. So I hope these are helpful to people and. Uh, yeah, we 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 will do them as often as possible. We'll try and try and continue to do it weekly. Sorry for the past uh, couple of weeks being kind of on and off, but it's the way that it be.
3: Yeah, and if you tuned in late, uh, you can catch recordings too. Just navigate back to where the space was tweeted, or they go up permanently on the Rune Base podcast. So that'll be up usually within a few days after on there, or immediately for the for the Twitter
4: space itself. So yeah, you can always catch it there too. Cool. Uh, all right. Until next week. Catch you guys later. See ya later.